Alrighty, y'all. I'm going to call this a bonus episode because I just feel like (laughs) I want to release this now. I don't want to have to wait until another Wednesday. So, uh, you know what? It's my business. It's my podcast. I get to do what I want. Why I want to talk about how to get speaking engagements, generally speaking, is because it is this very somewhat elusive hush hush weird behind the curtain stuff going on and I'm like okay let me just let let me let me just put it out there because I want my people to win like whether you are submitting for speaking on my stages or somebody else's I just feel like if you are someone that hasn't gotten a ton of them then you don't have necessarily the full perspective of what is going on behind the scenes of people who are putting on events who want epic speakers, okay? So let's get started. The reason I wanted to share this is because uh, I just came back from speaking at the incredible Marketer's Heart that was hosted by Julie Chanel and Kathy Olson of FG Funnels or Funnel Gorgeous. Uh, And also the host of that incredible event was Amber Housley, who does that for a living. And I was, before I even did the event and when I said yes to the event, I started to think, why, why did they come to me and ask me to speak on their stage, right? So they don't have a speaker application, which is kind of number one that I want to talk about because most people, again, there's nothing wrong that if you have to apply to speak, like that doesn't make you less than, um, and whatnot. It just means that you have more of an opportunity, right? It just gives you that, that opportunity to become known to that person and get in their world. Why I want to talk about this and I'm going to make some assumptions, (laughs) uh, and whatnot about why they chose me to speak. I guess I could have asked them, but Um, the first reason that I probably got asked to speak at Marketer's Heart was number one, I was doing something awesome and it got their attention because I generally speak on things like VIP days or referral partner marketing or things like that. And they asked me to speak on reels, like Instagram reels which is not a topic that is on my speaking, like bullet points. It's not, yeah, it's just like not on my radar. It's just something that I do and I do it really well. So because of that, that is why, again, assuming that they came knocking on my door and were like, well, if we want someone to come and talk about reels and short form video, it's going to be Jordan because she's doing awesome stuff when it comes to that. And I share my results when it comes to short form video. I share how I do them differently. I have created an entire agency that does it differently for people. So my first thing is if you want to talk in more groups, if you want more speaking engagements, if you want more podcast interviews, be awesome and get noticed. And I know that is the most vague. (laughs) It's, It's the most vague, uh, advice I could give you, but it's also the truth. It's like the most true advice out of everything that I am going to say here, because that is, I'm trying to think if I've ever pitched for a speaking engagement. I know that I have pitched for speaking engagements, but it isn't necessarily how I've gotten most of them, if not all of them. 
uh, I've never pitched for podcasts um, and whatnot. So the first thing is be awesome and get noticed. The second reason that I am assuming that Julia and Kathy asked me to speak at their event is that I went to their event first. Now, this is a long play, quote unquote. So for some of y'all who are trying to get, you know, trying backdoor and make it happen real quick, you're not going to like this advice. I went to their event first, um, which was last year uh, at Disney World. So Margaret Hart Disney in 2022. It was awesome. I connected. I was present. I, you know, hung out with Kathy mainly and uh, just again, was, was a great attendee. And they saw that I liked being a part of their community. Um, then we did, you know, I, I connected with them on doing a joint venture that was helping people to recognize how great FG funnels was for creating affiliate private invite pages. We did that in July. And so I was nurturing that relationship all the way along. Did I ever ask them to be on their stage? No. Did I ever pitch Again, anything. No, I did not. Uh, But because I had inserted myself into their world, like they know that I am similar to their audience and I can give their audience a fresh perspective of, again, how I look at reels. Okay. So this is not a requirement to attend someone's event before you pitch it, but I will say it helps a whole lot. Because I know that my team and I, we are very observant. Uh, We take note of different things, (laughs) different experiences that we have with people. And uh, funny, you know, my team is, is, again, they're super lovely and kind. And they... um, they're very protective of me and I, I appreciate that of them. And they, they're very protective of our clients and so and our audience. And so if there has ever been a rude email that you have sent my team or if there has ever been just anything that just was not of kind nature toward my team, they have made note of it. And the likelihood of you getting on my stage or again, likelihood of getting on other people's stages who you have not been as kind to is slim to none. And so understand that every interaction that you have with people is extremely important. Understand that people, again, take note of, of how you treat them and how their experiences with them. That doesn't mean bend over backwards and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it just means that we notice when people are kind, we notice when people are lovely and we want kind, lovely, smart, awesome people on our stages, right? So when I'm going to Marketer's Heart, when I'm doing a JV webinar with them, I want to make it an easy, awesome process. I want to enjoy being an attendee and take notes and share about my experience and all that sort of stuff. So it's very, very, very difficult, not impossible, but very, very difficult when you are somebody who has never been a part of someone's community to get on their stages, Now there's going to be a little asterisk for that later on, but going to their event first is probably one of my biggest hacks, I would say, to getting on some of the stages that I've been on. Okay. So those are some of the, uh, I guess notes that I made about 
getting asked to do Marketer's Heart in a topic that I don't normally talk about, but that I do really well, I was like, hmm, this might be interesting for some people who, again, just are intrigued by this whole process of like, how did Jordan get on Marketer's Heart when there isn't a speaker application, right? So just wanted to share, again, my assumptions. I have no idea if they are correct, but that I feel like they're educated assumptions. <laughs> so uh, past all of that, a few things that I think are really important when you are doing a speaker application, potentially ours, but honestly, every speaker application. Number one, the, the thing that trips people up, mm, I don't even want to say the most because I think everything I'm about to say is the most, but man, some of y'all make it real hard for us to say yes. And what I mean by that is you either don't follow directions or you are super vague with your point of view or you have not said a lick about how what your topic is helps the people who are coming to this event. And so it's an automatic no to really any of those. Like it's just an automatic no. If my if my team or myself, which I don't even, I lightly look at my applications before, but I don't make any decisions. When my team is going through there, like if you're making my team work really hard to figure out how your talk fits into the rest of our programming, it's an automatic no. And that doesn't mean that you have to mind read us and really know all the things we plan to do because that's impossible. But it does... What I have found interesting is that when some people, and you can tell, when some people really think about your event, and maybe it's because they know you really well because they followed you on social media or even bought some of your stuff, I can tell because they are actually giving really great suggestions on why they're they're a good person to speak. And then funny enough, they will adjust my programming because I want them to speak. Like that's how, that's how powerful some people really are in these speaker applications. Like when I see speaker applications that are like, Ooh, like I love that topic so much. That was literally not even on my radar, but like, I have to figure this out. I have to have this person on my stage. Um, I have done that before. I have switched up the programming to fit some of the speakers that I wanted to have on my stage because the applications were that awesome. And the reason that that was was because it was, they inserted themselves and made it so easy. They were just like, oh, like they just, they really nailed how they were going to fit into our programming, how they were going to support our audience and what our focus was for the event. And they have a point of view, which is my second part around this. If you come up in here, and again, I, I am speaking based on my opinion. However, my opinion has been backed up by numerous others that I have spoken to who have similar, you know, opportunities for people. If you do not have a point of view, also not interested in having you on my stage. And again, most speakers would say the same thing. If you are trying to paint this really wide brush picture of like, I can help everyone. Everyone is going to, you know, benefit from PR. Everyone is going to benefit from having a great website. Everyone's going to benefit from their systems being great. I 
that is so blah to me. And again, I'm just being real direct because I, I need the, the clarity here. I need the clarity to be here. I don't want messages that are for everyone. I, 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 if you've followed me for a long enough time, I, I hope you know this. <laughs> so if you're new, welcome. <laughs> I, I am uninterested in everyone. And one of the biggest parts of this event is being able to showcase the, the nature of being compelling. And, you know, that shows up in, in different ways in your offer structure and your messaging and your positioning. And so if you don't have a point of view or a hill that you want to put a flag on, it's going to be really, really difficult, not only for you to be on my stage, you know, in, in September, but ever be on my stage because I, I like people who have an opinion. I like people who have a perspective. I like people who have conviction about what it is that they do for people, okay? That's how you get on stages, right? So again, for example, for Marketer's Heart, I knew I was going into a room full of skeptics. I knew I was going into a room full of people who hate being on video, think that they're gonna have to dance and point, have either tried reels for a week or two and got zero results or whatever the case is. Like there were all of these hills that, that I was gonna have to conquer for these people. And I had a blast doing it, okay? Because I have experienced such power of short form video. I did not always think that way. I hated reels, <laughs> hated them. I remember we were in San Diego uh, with a few of my team members and they were, you know, filming me do reels. And I remember just like being annoyed and being like, oh, like I have to do this. And of course I did the pointing ones. They were so lame and boring. They got us zero results of any kind. And once I started to have fun with them, or once I started to recognize how context plays into short form videos and how that actually helps with conversions, that was when the lights went on and it was so powerful for me. And that's how I can get on the stage and show you this boring reel of me walking my dog and it made me $12,800, right? Or this reel that made me X amount, I don't remember, organically from a roadmap and then I turned on ads and made $57,000 from it. So I have a point of view. And that point of view is that short form videos convert, which is a different view than a lot of Reels people who are saying, just do them. They're fun. Like awareness, which can all be true. I have fun with my Reels. But I have a point of view that short form video can bring you not only leads, like email leads, but it can also help you convert, like bring in sales, okay? That's my point of view. And again, I think that probably played into why Julian Kathy hired me for Marketer's Heart. I don't care what your point of view is. Heck, even if your point of view is different than mine, I still will be intrigued by that because it, it shows that you aren't... Um, aren't trying to just make everybody happy. I want people on my stage that are going to challenge the people who are listening. I want people on my stage who I want their beliefs to be shifted and not their core, core beliefs, right? Of, you know, valuing human life and things, but like, you know, the belief, the, the 
semi-shallow belief of reels aren't for me or whatever, right? Um, I just, that's the kind of stuff that intrigues me, that intrigues my team. And that is extremely important when filling out our speaker applications. But again, I would also say that other people who are similar to me who have speaker applications are also looking for that too. They are not looking for the sea of samesies. They don't want content that you can find everywhere else. They want fresh content that is going to open up their minds and also support, you know, the mission of the, of the event. And the last thing that I want to say about standing out in speaker applications and getting more speaking engagements is thinking about the audience. Whew. Relevancy, y'all. Relevancy. <laughs> okay. And why relevancy is crucial is because if if you're unable to sell me, who knows, you know, generally what's going on, then how am I going to think you're going to be able to sell my people on whatever it is that, that you're looking to sell them on? Again, new beliefs, shifts, etc. If I have all the information and you can't sell me on your topic, how are you going to sell my people on their topic? And not that I am, you know entirely made up of all the things that my my audience and community is made up of however it's it's really crucial to use their lens for example if you're going to come into my um my audience and speak on something my audience is uninterested in things that are about the hustle and grind. My people love to work. They like to work efficiently. They like to work in batches a lot of the time. They like to create, you know, shorter offerings. They like to connect with people intentionally. Um, They have a hard time with marketing and sales, generally speaking, not because they couldn't be good at it because there's, they've proven to actually be good at it, but they have their own limiting beliefs around it, both of those those things. So if you're going to come here and say like, hey, like create this epic like 1700 module course that's going to make you a bajillionaire in three years, uninterested. Next, like even if someone's in here that comes in here and says like, I think I used this example in the episode before this, but Like, if you're going to come in here and say, like, how to write a sales page in two months, that's still way too long. Like, what are we even? No. Like, we cannot do that. That's not what my people are about. So even understanding those nuances of audiences, right? Like, I knew walking into Marketer's Heart who I was talking to. Not only because, you know, I am part of their audience, but because I've noticed. I've taken notice. I've observed what what's going on there and i understand that they are not generally big on video there are some that are and that they are not even big really on social media and now here i am about to come on stage and say hey you about to do some video on social media and it's gonna be awesome <laughs> right and do it gleefully so i would encourage you to take time when you are 
putting the speaker application together, it should not be something that's willy nilly somebody else filling it out for you and you don't care because you can, my team can see that miles away. We can see when people just want to use us for our audience. We are putting in significant expenses, significant team time to put on, in my opinion, the best in-person event. So why would I want somebody on my stage who doesn't care about my audience, doesn't care about me, is entitled about being on my stage, doesn't actually want to give value and is only looking to sell something like, yeah, no, right? Like when you give value, that's selling. So if you are going straight sales route, like it's just not going to work. And yes, when you think of the bigger events that, you know, everyone who has Jenna Kutcher and Brenda Bouchard and Amy Porterfield on their, on their stages, that's a different play. That's a different those aren't necessarily the stages I'm talking about getting on because that has to do with getting ticket sales. So that's a completely different strategy. I'm talking about, again, we're have, we're planning to have about 250 people in person, about 800 online. And so, you know, I'm talking about more of the people who have a focus on kind of the micro businesses or people who are, um, again, having 250 or less people in the room. That's what I'm talking about. So I hope that this was something that you found helpful. I hope that, again, whether you're doing an application for us or someone else, that you feel really good about it. Um, and it's tough because I have over 100 applications right now and I have three spots. That's tough. Does that mean I maybe need to have some more stages? Question mark? Maybe. <laughs> because there's some good applications. But, you know, I... It's important to stand out. And even if you get a no the first time or the second time, like that doesn't mean that you should stop. And I had a really wonderful conversation with somebody who's in my strategy, save me mastermind. And she was like, you know, I probably won't get picked, but I want to be, I want to practice my positioning. And that is the most beautiful response because that is how I see it as well. When it comes down to, Hey, like when I apply myself for something, I don't, come at it with desperation and all of that stuff. I come at it with like, you know, I, I want to convey obviously that I want this really badly and at this end that it's important to me. And, you know, this is an opportunity for me to get better. This is an opportunity for me to get better at messaging, positioning, um, you know, articulating my value, all those things. So, you know, I'm going to have to say, not this time to a lot of people in the upcoming weeks. It is not going to be fun for me. I do not enjoy it. However, I am going to congratulate them because they did the work. And now you've done an application that now you can use a lot of the answers, you know, for other things, right? You've, the work is already done. So I, I just felt very, very compelled today to do this episode because... I think that it'll help to turn a light on for a lot of people who are interested in getting on more stages. Um, again, stages generally 250 and less and kind of in our, in our online space. And yeah, I just, I hope that it, it allows you to see what, what the opportunity is really for you and to like go all in on stuff and still feel really great about it, you know? So hope you have a good day and I hope this was helpful. Let me know. DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatnot. Um, I just, I felt very compelled. So here I am. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening.